very hard when you're, you know, a student, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, um, to know what you really want to do when, when you grow up. And, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure and people, you know, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And um, looking back, I had no idea, as I mentioned, what private, what investment banking was. And then frankly, I didn't even know what private equity was until I got to investment banking. Welcome to Beyond High Street. My name is Ginny Derrick, and I'm the Dean of the Pharma School of Business here at Miami University. Today, I'm joined by Alan Goldfarb, who graduated with a bachelor's degree, summa cum laude, university honors, of course, in accounting and finance back in 2001. So we we way back. So what what we'd like to do is to learn more about Alan, as you know, his, his journey, his choices to come to pharma, and of course, get some um, memories along the way and some advice for our listeners. So thank you, Alan, for agreeing to do this podcast Beyond High Street. Jenny, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Good to, good to see you again. And during this podcast, as we know, we'll weave through a range of topics. But let's start with the most important question of all. Why did you choose the Pharma School of Business? You know, it's, a, it's a great question and, and something I, I get all the time uh, from from people that are looking to go to which college to choose and uh, from my family and, and friends. And, um, you know, it's at the end of the day, it was, came down to just, it was a great place uh, where I felt right at home. Uh, the, 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 right when I walked uh, onto the campus for my first time, uh, it's a big family, a uh, bit of a family tradition. A lot of family members have, have gone there over the years. And I, I think the most important thing was, um, really the, the professors and, and the people that were at Miami and are still at Miami really care about the undergrads and, and the students that are there. And that was really what it came down to was that comfort and that feeling of just uh, people were there to, to, be, to, to be there for you. I want to pick up on the family affair for a minute, Alan. So when I first met you, I didn't just meet you, I met dad and your brother. I think it was Neil, if I'm not mistaken. So, so tell us a little bit about your, your dad, if I'm not mistaken. He's got a, a bachelor's degree in chemistry from 1970, and he's retired as a reproductive endocrinology and infertility specialist from the University Hospital in Cleveland. So tell me a little bit about his relationship with pharma. So not pharma, of course, he wasn't a pharma student, but with the university itself. Yeah, so he, he um, had a great uh, uh, experience at Miami um, for, for his undergrad uh, prior to, to going to medical school and, and becoming a, a career in the medical field. But importantly, he also, one of the things he also did um, throughout his medical career was uh, get involved in a lot of different businesses. And um, when both of my brothers and I uh, ended up going to um, Miami and decided to go down the business uh, route instead of the uh, pre-med route. Uh, it was something that uh, excited him as well. And he got very involved because he did have a lot of um, business experience, a lot of healthcare related businesses, uh, got very involved in the business school as well um, uh, in, in different advisory council capacities about you know, what it's uh, knowing what it's like to be career uh, business person as well, as well as having uh, family, you know, sons in, in the business school, things that would be great for them to, to learn and experience during their time at school while they get ready to, to move on into different business careers and business professions. So, so you're one of three boys, there's only three, right? Am I right? right. 
right? <laughs> I've counted right. And you're in the middle, right? You're the middle of three. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. So all three of you went to the farmer school. So, uh, you know, talk to me about the dynamic. Are you, are you a competitive lot of three? Now, I see you work now with uh, Neil, your brother, who was just yeah. behind you at the farmer school. So talk to me a little bit about that dynamic. Yeah, we're, we're extremely close. You know, we're, we're big sports fans. So we, we joke around. We're, we're a good team. Uh, we're, you know, we like team sports. And, um, and we all li- uh, live in New York, actually. Our, our older brother, Murray, uh, led the, the path to New York. Uh, he ended up going to NYU Law School right after college and um, uh, became a lawyer uh, at, a, at a great law firm here in New York. And um, over the last several years, left uh, the law firm and went to uh, a corporate, a corporate real estate route uh, at a firm called Brookfield, a wonderful private equity and real estate uh, firm. And uh, so he really um, led the path for us to, to come to New York. You know, we, growing up in Cleveland and going to school at, in Oxford, Ohio, we really have a lot of ties in, in New York generally or, or in the finance world here. Um, and one summer, I uh, decided to come visit and get an internship um, uh, between my junior and senior year and, uh, and had a great time. And really the reason I came was, was because of our older brother uh, who, was, who was here. So you started your career in investment banking at Merrill Lynch. So talk to the listeners about the, the journey that you've been on from that beginning, going into investment banking, the decision to go into investment banking, some of those early experiences, and then, and then the journey to where you are now. Yeah, the, um, the decision to go into investment banking, um, really, I, I have uh, uh, my experience at, at my Ohio to thank. Uh, it was something that I really had no idea what investment banking was. But I was fortunate um, uh, my junior year, I was helping to establish uh, an executive in residence program uh, with the great support from, from two of the uh, great professors, um, one who's still there, Jan Taylor, and another uh, who recently retired, and, and you know well, uh, Mark Rubin. And, um, and one of the ideas we had, and actually turned into my senior thesis, was creating an executive in residence type of program. And um, Professor Rubin uh, had previous to Miami had uh, worked at UNC Chapel Hill and uh, had known of a program that they had done something similar to what we were discussing uh, about creating in Oxford. And he said, well, why don't we go there for the program that they run? We'll just observe and, and see what they do and maybe you know, some of it we can learn and create it in, in, at Miami and some we could do differently. And um, I happened to be sitting in on a seminar on what is your investment banking career? And I had no idea what that meant. I was just there to take notes and to learn what kind of programming we could possibly do uh, for the farmer school. And uh, at the end of the program, I was like, wow, this is, this is fascinating stuff. And there was um, three um, uh, senior level folks um, uh, and I remember at the time one individual was uh, one of the head recruiters at, at a firm called Lehman Brothers, which, which no longer exists. And uh, I went up to her after and said, you know, introduce myself, I, why I'm here. And, um, you know, I'm, I didn't know much about investment banking, but this is fascinating. I'm actually going to be in New York City this coming summer at the, an accounting internship. But would it be OK if I come by and learn more about what you do? She said, absolutely, here's my business card. Reach out when you get to Manhattan. 
and I did that. And um, and I went in and um, she invited me in and I met with her and a bunch of her partners and I fell in love with what investment banking could be or I thought, you know, I, this is what I really wanted to do. And um, through that, I ended up meeting a lot of different individuals and, and, and investment banks in Manhattan and uh, ended up settling in on uh, Merrill Lynch uh, is where I started my investment banking career post-graduation. Uh, uh, so then you've moved from that obviously quite a long time ago to now your own business that you formed with your brother, Orangewood Partners, where you're both the founder and the managing partner of it. So I don't know whether you want to fill in the gaps in between you know, Merrill Lynch and, and now, but if you want to, of course, but I'm certainly interested in what, what, you, what, what the mission and vision for Orange Partners is and, and why the name even. Yeah, so there's a, many years uh, that lead up to it. And I think that's one of the, the messages for, for students. I always like to give is it's very hard when you're you know, a student, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, um, to know what you really want to do. When, when you grow up and um, you know, there's a lot of pressure and people, you know, for you, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And um, looking back, I had no idea, as I mentioned, what private, what investment banking was. And then frankly, I didn't even know what private equity was until I got to investment banking. And so I think that the, one of the key things is to just, you know, continue to learn and, and, and try to think about what, what it is you like and what you don't like. And um, when I got to Merrill Lynch, um, I was fortunate where my first assignment um, uh, project that I was working on was uh, for a, a very uh, large, well-established private equity firm. Where we were helping them look at um, an exit of a portfolio company, a sale of a portfolio company, or taking it uh, public. That was my first exposure uh, to private equity. I said, wow, this is, this is fantastic. And then I learned a little more about it and then, you know, started to realize that that's what I wanted to do. Um, so quickly filling in the gaps, um, I spent many, many years after Merrill Lynch at a firm called the Carlisle Group, uh, which is a, a large global private equity firm. And, and now we become a, a global asset management company, so doing a lot more than just private equity. And then um, after Carlisle, I had a unique opportunity to go to a... Um, a hedge fund, um, so to round out some of my experience with the public markets called Senator Investment Group. And it was started by uh, 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 two individuals. One was a very good friend of mine that we worked together at Merrill Lynch. Um, and it was uh, an original seed investment that Blackstone, another very large private equity and asset management firm created. And, um, and so I got a lot of exposure to both Carlisle and Blackstone uh, through through. The, the different experiences. And what I learned was, um, you know, there was this great opportunity, we, uh, you know, we believed uh, in private equity to take a lot of the institutional best practices that firms like Carlisle and Blackstone have built in over the years and that I was uniquely um, positioned to learn from by being there and having this, this, these great opportunities. And, um, but focus, take those institutional best practices Create not uh, recreate an entrepreneurial culture and focus in the middle market, and that was the idea of Orangewood. And we are very fortunate to have the interest um, from a lot of people that we had worked for and with over the years. A lot of senior partners and founders of private equity firms and folks that that loved this idea. And so, uh, 
uh, Neil, Neil and I had the same in this this thought. Um, you know, going back to Murray, Murray was very involved in, in helping us think through this. He was very involved in, in his his private equity business as well, and um, and so that's when we had this idea. The name Orangewood, um, Jenny, back to your question, comes back to the neighborhood where we grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, we went to Orange High School, uh, lived in uh, Orangewood, the uh, the neighborhood there, um, and um, we always wanted something that came back to our Cleveland ties and um, you know, our Midwest roots and, uh, and Orangewood was, was the name. Interestingly, we didn't know this, um, um, but when we were researching the name, uh, Orangewood is um, this bark on an orange tree, I guess, which makes sense. There's not a lot of orange trees in, in Cleveland, but, um, uh, but, uh, but it's one of the strongest barks of any tree. And you know, some, uh, some research suggested that uh, you know often could be used historically in ancient times for growth and rehabilitation, and um, and so a lot of what we do is we try to help companies grow, and if there's any you know issues, we try to help them, and so the name kind of fit as well. So I love that story, thing. and and just just before we move on, I I, rec- I saw that your uh, Orangewood Partners was recently named a top fifty middle market company, which is a great accolade to have. But what do you attribute the success of Orangewood to? You know, it's um, appreciate you you mentioning that, and you know we are excited. We're a relatively young organization, and so to uh, to receive that award was was very exciting. Um, and I think it's it's really um, three things that we uh, I would I would attribute it to. One is, and this is the most important thing, is is the people and the culture at, at Orangewood. You know, we're 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 very focused on working hard and being good corporate citizens and doing what's right for not just the people that work here at Orangewood, but really all of our portfolio companies with thousands of employees that are, you know, across our different portfolio companies. And we're constantly trying to find ways to help, you know, improve the communities that we're involved in, through charitable events or, or other things. So the people and the culture is the first thing. The second thing is, goes back to you know, the institutional best practices that we learned. So there's some great organizations that we are fortunate to work with and for over the years. And we'd be crazy not to take the lessons learned from those great organizations and, and try to bring it here. And then the third thing is the, the great support um, that we had. You know, it's interesting sometimes to have an idea and a lot of people have good ideas, but we're very thankful of, of the support that we had from the beginning because without great investors, without any investors, you don't have a business in, in private equity. And so thankfully, you know, the idea turned into a reality because of the great support that we had from, from, from our you know, initial and ongoing investor base. I love it. Really good. All right. Time to go down memory lane. So I've got a whole bunch of questions. Sometimes you might remember the answers to them. Sometimes you might not. Um, But anyway, my first question, when you look back at your time at Miami, who was your favorite professor and why? So it's, um, I'd say there's, there's so many great professors and so many great memories. Honestly, did not have any bad experiences, which I think is is pretty rare, um, but it goes back to one of the reasons I, I really was excited about picking Miami and looking back, I'm so excited I did, it's because all the professors were there to help the students and they're there for the undergrads um, on a personal and professional and learning and development basis. Um, but the two that you know definitely stand out, and I mentioned them both at the beginning, 
that have had such impact in my in my career and personal you know growth and development were both Mark Rubin and, and, and Jan Taylor and uh, not just because they were great professors that I had a, you know more than once um, in, in, in the classroom but there are so many extracurricular activities and events helping to create you know the business waters program and executive residence programs and and things like that that they um, were just you know tremendous you know friends and partners and in fact um, this is uh, uh, you know I kind of gave the story of, of Mark Rubin you know helping the, with the with the UNC and learning about um, investment banking quick story about about Jan Taylor um, when I was uh, getting ready to graduate and I went in to you know say my official goodbyes and and thank her for for everything and uh, she's like you know there's there's somebody I should introduce you to I know you have your older brother at um, in, in New York City but you don't know many people uh, a very good friend of mine um, from college um, is lives in the New York area and you should reach out and uh, and so you know yeah, this is before you know the iPhones and the uh, and the stuff so I I think I had um, a Filofax or whatever they were called, you know, the, the uh, whatever the thing you open, you know, the notes that you put in the calendar. And I remember writing, um, putting in, she handed me from the office of Jan Taylor a note. I put it in um, in the June, because that's when I was moving to, to New York um, uh, section. And when I, the day I got to New York, um, my mother was helping me unpack the bags and, you know, put the sheets on the bed and things like that. And I plugged in my phone um, in, in my room and I opened it up, opened up my file of facts and, uh, there was the note. It, you know, it says, you know, call so-and-so and, um, I reached out, um, left a message for him within 30 minutes. My phone rang <laughs> in my, in my new apartment, my first call. And, uh, he said, any friend of Jan's is a friend of mine and, and, uh, took me to lunch the next day, became a great mentor and friend. And today he's a partner of ours at Orangewood. He's the CEO and founder of one of our portfolio companies. And, um, and so it all goes back to, you know, just, you never know where things go. And, you know, it wasn't until, you know, five or six years ago that we actually did a deal together, but he became a great mentor and friend, you know, for the 15 or so years before that. And I will make sure that both Jane Taylor and Mark Rubin get to hear this podcast. I love, <laughs> I, I love stories like that. So what subject did you least enjoy while you were here? <sighs> It's a great question. Um, you know, maybe it's just my personality, but I only remember the good ones. And I don't remember having, um, you know, too many bad experiences. Um, you know, I, I, of course, loved all the business and accounting and finance and marketing courses uh, that I took in economics. Um, but I think one of the things I would maybe answer it with a little bit of a different perspective was, you know, because of through the honors program, we were forced to, you know, looking back, that's what I thought was the case to take things outside the business school. And it turned out those were some of my favorite classes and some great professors and you know, just took me out of my comfort zone. And what I, I remember taking a philosophy class and um, and it was awesome and really, really enjoyed it and learned a lot. And I met some unbelievable people because there's a lot of group projects and presentations that have, you know, remained friends uh, today. Um, and so I think, you know, the good news is 
one of the great things about Miami is the ability to and the encouragement to get out of your comfort zone. So maybe initially it was uncomfortable, but then it became something that was was great. And so trying new things and experiencing things was. I, I, and I love that about us. I love how we push students out as part of the Global Miami Plan, we call it now. So what co-curricular activities were you involved in? So, uh, yeah, I was involved in, in quite a bit. Um, looking back, I'm not sure how, how, I, how I did it all. Um, because I also try to have some free time and enjoy enjoy time with friends. But um, I was very involved. I uh, played club soccer um, uh, for many, many, uh, for I think three of, of my four years. Um, very involved in intramural sports. Uh, you know, I'm a big, big fan of sports. And so there's great, you know, it's a great way to see people and still compete and, um, and, and meet new people. Um, and then throughout, as I mentioned, um, uh, involved in the university honors program and then the business school honors program. Um, uh, I think it was called the business uh, student or business school advisory council um, and things like that. So um, uh, it might have been the dean's advisory council. There's a lot of different things and um, that we got involved in that were offered to the students. And I took full advantage of of getting involved in as many things as, as I could. And I'm so glad that you said that because one of the things we say to students and students will be listening to this, my point of view is that the Pharma School or Miami University provides abundant gifts and it's really up to the students to receive them. And I think you know when you rattled off all of the different things you did, I think that's so important for our students to hear because that's where you apply what you're learning in the classroom. That's where you also learn and grow as a leader get exposure to different things. So I'm pleased that you raised that. All right, moving on to time of the day and night of the week. What was your favorite time of the day to go to class and night of the week? So I was always a big fan of morning classes. Um, it's something I still uh, get up early. Um, I think getting, you know, getting up and, and taking the, the, the first, first day, first time of the day classes as much as I could done while a lot of other people might might be sleeping and um, and then uh, I, I you know love this uh, I'd like to study I don't know if I love to study but I did a lot of studying um, and so I would try to get my classes done and then go get my work done uh, you know before lunch at lunch after lunch and then would be able to use the afternoon and the evenings um, for free time that create that created the opportunity to get involved in a lot of these extracurricular activities or um, some time, you know, to go watch a, a game on TV with, with some friends. And then, you know, at, at, at night, if I needed to study again for an exam or anything like that, I would have, have that opportunity. Well, I hope the students who are listening hear how well organized you are. I will move on. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you live in your freshman year? I uh, lived in Morris Hall. Do you remember the uh, the room number and the floor and all that stuff? It I I it was on the first floor, mm -hmm. um, one. My roommate is going to be unhappy because he definitely would remember the room. I think it was like I can't remember if it was like one eleven or something like that. It was if you're looking at Morris Hall, it's the door on the right. You walk right in all the way. It's like second or third last room on the right. There's one room with the big bay window that was extra large. We were right next to that bay window. We almost got the bay window, I remember. <laughs> so what about off campus? Where did you live off campus? Um, 
And so off at, uh, after there was a, um, a great apartment complex that was built and um, on Brown Road uh, that we, we lived in, um, I'm, I'm assuming it's still there, and um, University Commons, I, I think is, was the name, and I'm not sure if it's still the name. And it was, it was great. So um, uh, the first year we, I lived with three friends, uh, it was a four person apartment. And then the next two years was great because so many people um, loved it there that we were able to basically get 12 of our friends to take four, there were three different apartments, there's four of us there. And then um, it was a lot of fun. So we had a, we had a great, you know, created a little, uh, a little corridor, so to speak for, you know, for a bunch of us. What's your favorite building on campus, not uptown? Not uptown. <laughs> so, um, well, you know, there, you know, now the, uh, and I have not had a chance to be back as much as I'd like, but the new, you know, now I think it's fantastic is the, is the new, um, you know, business school is, is obviously is amazing. And, um, you know, when I was there, we had a bounce between uh, a couple of different, even three different buildings, you know, for the different, for the different classes and, uh, which was great, you know, it was all in the same corridor, but, um, but now, you know, the, the, the business school is, is amazing and the technology and just the, the resources available for the students is, um, is, is fantastic. So I think that's, that's got to be. It's a beautiful right. building. It's a great building to come into every morning. So, okay, what about your favorite building uptown? <laughs> well, um, there were quite a few. Um, you know, we, we like to go out and watch games and, and hang out and, and, and stuff like that and uh, have dinner. Um, but uh, certainly the two that, that always come back for, for good memories were both Skipper's and uh, Mac and Joe's, um, which I, I think both of them are still there and, uh, and great, you know, great food, great fun, great memories. And I know you said earlier that you haven't been back as much as you've liked, would like to, but when you come back, well, when was the last time you came back and did you pop into any of those places for old times? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely, um, you know, went went by and made sure it still looked the same, and you know, I remembered it, you know. And um, but yeah, those those were definitely good good fun memories. So, what's your most memorable personal experience? Hmm. Um, I'd say the most memorable. I, I'd say it's time. Um, and it's, it's, it's actually very interesting. I'd say that the most memorable personal experience tied was the day I came to campus and probably the day I left, um, you know, tied for just the, everything in between, there was amazing, great, there's so many great experiences that not one thing, you know, was, or one moment would stand out. Um, um, you know, we walked through a couple of those examples, but just the the emotions of, of coming in and you know waving goodbye you know to my to my parents or giving them a big hug and and then the you know the graduation and and the day we got back in the car and, and left and um, you know I think both of those were 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 unbelievable memories you know the both were unbelievably exciting um, because you know it's something always look back and you know even though it was the end of the chapter of Miami, it was the start of a new opportunity, but, but Miami was always gonna be a big part of, of everything that I did going forward. And, and that was something that I look back and I'm glad we you know, continue to stay, stay in close touch. 
If you look back on any part of your time at Miami, what, if anything, would you do differently? Um, you know, I would probably take, and I mentioned some of the classes, I would take advantage of more classes outside of the business school um, to just broaden the horizons and learn more. You know, I was very, still am very focused on you know, doing well in, in business. But what I've learned over the years is, you know, it's not always just about the numbers or, you know, the the, the, the stuff you learn in, in the business programs, which are fantastic and you get the great experience. But some of the, you know, the the outside the box thinking, um, which is great, you know, the Miami plan that you mentioned and just the opportunities in, in the more of some of the liberal arts programs. Um, I would definitely take more, I would take, definitely take advantage of some of those more if I could go back and do it again. That's good advice too. And I think to your point, people are so focused on the job, the outcomes, that there's so much more that goes on here. So now we're up to the final part of the um, podcast interview. This is where you get to give advice to the students who are listening. So I want you to give your advice in two parts, please. Part one would be to incoming freshmen as they enter into Miami. Part two would be for early career graduates. So people who might be one or two years out of school. So, so far away. Sure. So the, the first one, um, and this is something that uh, I was fortunate to, to have this conversation with uh, a couple of dozen uh, Miami Business School students a few weeks back um, at the Wall Street program um, that they were here in New York, but simply three things. One is to have fun. You know, these four years, um, you know, should be, you know, some of the best four years of, of your life. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, make sure you have fun. And there's so many things you could do to, 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 to enjoy your college experience. Two uh, is to learn and ask questions. Everybody there is there for you. Um, you know, that's, again, going back to the beginning of our conversation um, from the professors and the students, everyone there is, is there together and, and for the benefit of the students. And so if you don't learn, and just experience different things, and you don't seek out people that could help you when you want to learn and ask questions. Um, I think that's something that you have to do. And then the third would be to get involved. They kind of tie together. It helps you have fun. It helps you learn and ask questions. But getting involved in as many things, and you could try things. And if and if it's something that you're not excited about, you don't have to continue. You don't have to do it for four years. But try it. You may meet people. You might learn about things, and then you realize. I, this isn't exciting to me, or I don't want to do this. And that's okay too. And sometimes learning things you don't like about things you don't like versus things you only like is, is important too. So um, getting involved. So bottom line, have fun. First, second, learn and ask questions. And third, get involved. And what about the second group who are early career now? They're one or two years out of college. Yeah, so I would say... Um, Again, uh, three three things there. One, um, you know, using one of the other points, learning and asking questions. So seek out um, opportunities where you can learn and at people you're working for or with, ask them questions. Uh, don't just sit back behind your computer or whatever you're working on. Um, you know, make sure you you ask and learn uh, when you're when you're working. Second is um, um, work hard. Um, you know, big fan of work-life balance. You know, I have a 
a great family. I have four kids. I'm very involved in, in, in that. But, um, but, but working hard is, is very important. Don't, don't cut yourself short. Uh, you know, the harder you work, sometimes the luckier you get. And you just don't know what, what's going to happen. Um, and, then, and then the third thing is seek mentors. Seek out mentors. They don't just fall into your lap. But people want to help others. That's just generally human nature. And so if you find great mentors who become great friends, there's going to be, um, you know, just people have been through what you're, what you're going through. And it's impossible for you to know what you want to do many years down the road. And just having mentors that can help you think about, you know, you know, maybe minor decisions or big decisions and just, you know, how you, how you go through those decision trees. So, so that's always been an important part of my And I love, I love that advice for our listeners. And, and just before I close, I think even more so now that we've got this remote slash hybrid work environment, you know, ask for help, seek mentors. And I think it's easy sometimes if you're working more from home to hide away from that. But I think to those who are listening, irrespective of how you work, still make sure you seek help and you seek mentors. I love it. All right. So as we close, I want to close by thanking you, Alan, for the gift of your time to allow us to record this podcast. One defining characteristic of our pharma school is just how engaged the alumni are and how willing they are to continue to give back to, in so many different ways to support the school, our students, our faculty, our staff, and other alumni. So thank you, Alan, and go well as you continue your journey beyond High Street. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure and look forward to seeing you soon.